Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Strength in Numbers. Brandon Cadiz here as the Golden State Warriors prep a month closer now to the start of NBA preseason. Big news in the NBA. Kevin Durant, of course, staying with the Brooklyn Nets and working out a deal there to stay in Brooklyn, as well as Chet Holmgren suffering a foot injury, putting him out for the season. But to get to the Golden State Warriors news, some concerns about Jonathan Kaminga's attitude, JK getting some backlash from national media of his situation with the Golden State Warriors, as well as why Stephen A. Smith has favored the Golden State Warriors to win back-to-back NBA titles. All of that and more on this episode of Strength in Numbers. A pretty light news week for the Golden State Warriors this week, so we'll add on some NBA news that is going on around the league. And this morning, a big blow to a recent draft pick, and that is Chet Holmgren of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Earlier today, this morning, it was announced that rookie Chet Holmgren is set to miss the entire 2022-23 NBA season. And what a blow for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The big man is out due to a Liz Frank injury on his right foot. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Pro-Am games are fun. DeJounte Murray's statement on NBA players should play this game and give a show for fans that can't afford to go to a normal NBA game. And my concern was injuries. And this is exactly what happened to Chet. It happened in the Seattle Pro-Am game on Saturday where everyone lined up. LeBron James was there, one of the players playing, of course. Man, it was just a crazy event. Even security outside, there was a lot of bad things going on. People being shoved. Jamal Crawford's crossover pro-am, of course. It was just a mess. The entire event was. And now, even for Chet Holmgren to be out, the NBA is going to miss out on the big man's debut season. This reminds me of the Blake Griffin injury when he got drafted, right? He was out for that first year, suffered that, what was it, a knee injury, either an ACL or an MCL, and he was out, but he came back on fire the next year. Hopefully, Chet can get his foot better, right? Like, nothing too serious happens to him. Basically, LeBron James drove against him in transition and there was minimal contact almost not a non-contact injury really it was almost as the shin touched lebron really minimal contact but from that he is out for the season we know the question of him bulking up throughout 
the draft process, even seeing him taking on my St. Mary's Gales while he was a Gonzaga Bulldog, it was always the amount of weight will he get bigger was the question for chet and we'll talk more about chet here but we have to get to our sponsors in bet online our sponsor every single week bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back to Chet, it was really the Oklahoma City Thunder taking a very cautious approach, right? I think he only played one summer league game, maybe even two. They were going to build around him. You, of course, have Josh, Josh Giddy there, excuse me, Lugens Dort. It was going to be a great lineup there to build around in OKC. Now, another season wasted down in Oklahoma City Thunder. Will they be good enough to claim a play-in tournament appearance or will they tank again for future first round draft picks the thunder have five draft picks in 2023 five in 2024 but the crazy seven draft picks one two three four five six seven lebron james quote me on that not one not two not three but seven draft picks in 20. 25 what will okc do with this missed season with chet can they package those picks for a player make them competitive we'll have to see other nba news is the trade that was in discussion last night and finalized this morning a trade between the utah jazz and the los angeles lakers the lakers packaged Taylor horton tucker and stanley johnson in exchange for here you have it folks patrick beverly beverly and westbrooks will be teammates for the los angeles lakers at least that's what it looks like so far will they swing beverly again or will they trade russell westbrook before the start of the season of course last year the lakers 33 and 49 missing the playoffs they need that veteran guy on the roster in terms on the defensive side we know how great patrick beverly is on the defensive end also in terms of catch and shoot the open situations in which you have guys on lebron james or anthony davis being able to kick it out to a catch and shoot guy patrick beverly might not pop up immediately but when we take a look at his numbers last season 38 and a half percent on catch and shoot threes last season which is actually really great for the spacing for lebron and a company of course they bring in guys from the golden state warriors in juan toscano anderson we'll see how that fits in now the trade grade here cbs sports gives the lakers a b how do i see this i'll probably have to agree on the b minus c plus side because hey there was this thing going around 
NBA Twitter where the Lakers a couple seasons ago had the option of trading for Kyle Lowry. And now, what does that mean? Why is it relevant to this trade if you're looking at it independently? Well, I'm also adding the factor that they could have traded for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, they didn't want to trade for him and involve THT because he was a key clog in being able to be part of the package. And the Lakers didn't want to give up THT for Kyle Lowry, essentially. But now you're giving him up for Patrick Beverly. And that's exactly why Bob Myers and company makes bold decisions. You traded, or excuse me, you got Kelly Oubre Jr. You traded him out when things weren't working for Andrew Wiggins. Now, I was talking to my Lakers friends and saying that imagine if the Lakers traded for Kyle Lowry and some of their arguments were he wasn't playing, he was he was old, you see what happened last season, the injuries, blah, 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 yada, yada. But even that, you'll get a higher trade value for a depreciating an injured, riddled season of Kyle Lowry than you ever will get with trading for Taylor Horton Tucker. And... If you flip Kyle Lowry, that return could have been bigger. It would have been bigger is what I'm trying to say. You will have gotten more in return than just Patrick Beverly. But the Lakers made the trade. I think it's good for the Lakers in terms of them bolstering their defense. For the Utah Jazz, of course, you ship away and you add your big man there, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert now, Minnesota Timberwolves. They shipped out... Um, Rudy Gobert, and now you ship out another defensive anchor there, but you bring guys that are young, Taylor Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson, kind of, and just the potential there of THT. We'll see with that bigger role, can you continue from his first year of buzz after a after a, some consecutive seasons of not living up to his first year buzz? We'll have to see what THT does down in South Lake City. Also, one last thing, what does this mean? For the Los Angeles Lakers, we remember the quote a couple of seasons ago, or was it even last year, where Russell Westbrook had comments on Patrick Beverly that he's not really doing anything in the league and that he's lucking himself into being a good player. That Bev trick y'all, man, like he played defense. He nobody, man, just running around doing nothing. Patrick Bev trick y'all, man. He's just running around doing nothing. Man, if this was on 2K, that team morale right now would be on a 40. I imagine Russell Westbrook, Patrick Bev gets flipped again. I cannot see these two working together. That is a toxic environment down there in SoCal. Speaking of a toxic environment and transitioning over to the biggest news of the week, and that is Kevin Durant remaining in Brooklyn. Now, Kevin Durant and Joe Tsai and Steve Nash all met and business manager Rich Kleiman on Monday in Los Angeles. And there was a statement put out by the Brooklyn Nets that they have moved forward in pursuit of a championship. So it's really going to happen, guys. At least on paper, it looks like it's going to happen. If Kyrie Irving doesn't decide to be a part-time player and Ben Simmons can get himself on the court, you'll have the trio of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. Still haven't seen the trio together on a court last season. This upcoming season will be a sight to see. Man, if I'm Steve Nash 
And after all the talks I heard of him trying to get me fired, you go back to the days of LeBron James and David Blatt down there in Cleveland try, got him fired. If I'm Steve Nash, I'm running Kevin Durant as much as I can during that first practice back and making him throw up because the disrespect to Steve Nash, the entire organization down there in Brooklyn, and props to Brooklyn taking a stand First, it's trade me or I won't play. Next is I'm going to retire. And man, he's like, I'm just going to come back and play and suit up. And great job on Joe Sy and the Brooklyn organization for standing their ground, planning their stake, and not moving a single inch. They took offers, tried to find a trade partner, and ultimately he returns to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, there was this article on Yahoo Sports of an NBA executive, an anonymous one, not willing to trade or overpay because here was a direct quote. Teams don't want to overpay for someone who has proven he will burn your house down. How he left the situation with the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Golden State Warriors debacle with him and Draymond Green. And how he tried to leave the Brooklyn Nets. Things weren't going his way and he tries to leave. Imagine if a new contending team, whether it was Boston, Miami, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, got Kevin Durant and ultimately after one season, after two seasons, leaves again because he's disgruntled or unhappy. Having to go through that headache, that pain, I see why teams don't want to trade for Kevin Durant just because of the baggage that he comes with. Now, Kevin Durant is a generational player. He is an amazing scorer. He can carry a team. We saw what he did for the Golden State Warriors in clutch situations. Clutch back-to-back three-pointers over the face of LeBron James in the 2017 and 2018 NBA Finals, securing back-to-back Finals MVP. I cannot uh, reiterate how great of a scorer Kevin Durant is, but to not even win a game last season in the playoffs to the Boston Celtics, that was a sight. That took a toll. That took a hit on the career achievements for KD in my opinion. Kevin Durant potentially joining the Memphis Grizzlies was a rumor earlier this week and I texted my friends, I wanted the smoke. I wanted Kevin Durant on the Memphis Grizzlies. Relive the rivalry. We looked at the schedule last season, Christmas Day with the Memphis Grizzlies and then also in January taking on the Memphis Grizzlies at Chase Center as well. Back-to-back months taking on the Grizzlies and imagine that returning to Chase Center as an enemy number one, the rivalry between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. I wanted that because I wanted to see John Morant, Kevin Durant together, and maybe even JJJ still on the team. But hey, the Grizzlies didn't want to give up Jaron Jackson Jr. It said in the trade to the Brooklyn Nets. But that team would have been depleted as well, right? You see, you are not going to stay with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Zaire Williams on the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it was smart in the scenario in which 
man, we're missing out on the rivalry, but for Kevin Durant to compete in the East rather than the West with a stacked powerhouse West, you still have the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic, right? You still also have the Phoenix Suns there. Another powerhouse can give trouble. The Golden State Warriors, of course, are defending NBA champions. And it would have depleted the Memphis Grizzlies. And the strength of the Memphis Grizzlies last season, really their athleticism, their youth, their ability to hit shots, their defense, their going back to the athleticism, their defense and their length, the youth there just caused troubles for the Golden State Warriors in those playoff rounds. The Warriors, an older team. And you get rid of all of those players for one aging player in Kevin Durant, I think would not have been that smart of a move. I wanted that move to be made just to, in terms of pulling at your heart, right? The strings, the emotion, it would have just been everything in the rivalry and the saga between Kevin Durant versus the Golden State Warriors. Speaking of youth, Jonathan Kaminga made headlines this week as Stephen A. Smith on first take made comments that he's hearing that Jonathan Kaminga is lacking discipline with the Golden State Warriors. A lack of discipline, and I could buy into this, especially after that first game in Summer League where he had a terrible game, right, returning from his home country, not being able to play for them. Remember, there was that visa issue there. He came back. And he had a dud of a first game. The Warriors lost that summer league game. And he didn't even shake hands. You know, the high five court, the the dap me up line, whatever post game you want to call that. He walked straight into the locker room. Like when LeBron lost to the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I can see that issue of immaturity right there. I mean, even his style of play last season, his stubbornness to just put his head down and drive. And I also saw him changing this summer, though, in terms of his game on the court. But it's off the court, I guess, that Stephen A. is worried about. And here I will quote what Stephen A. Smith said on first take. And I quote, I'm worried about Kaminga. I'm hearing too many things about him off the court in terms of his head. The level of discipline he lacks. You understand? Some of the foolishness. I'm not getting in his personal business. I'm not saying nothing like that. I'm talking attitude. I'm not talking actions. I'm saying that attitude. The level of focus, commitment, determination, just putting your head down, doing the work. I'm hearing that he's shortchanging the Warriors in that regard, and he's got to get his act together because I'm a Jonathan Kaminga fan, and end quote. And we can all resonate with what Stephen A. Smith said right there. We are all Jonathan Kaminga fans. Not everyone can come into a league looking like a veteran like Moses Moody has. This guy is only 19 years old last season, 20 now. And he averaged 9.3 points on 51% shooting in 17 minutes. And I don't know what you'll have to say for that, but that is great efficiency in limited minutes. And I continue to bring up that comparisons to him and Giannis Antetokounmpo, that Jonathan Kaminga already had better numbers in less minutes than Giannis in his rookie year. So the star potential is going to be through the roof. His ceiling is uncapped. 
His floor we've seen last season is absolutely great and can be a factor during the regular season. Now, in terms of off-the-court stuff, not getting into his personal life like Stephen A. Smith said, if that is an issue on the court, I could see that because just like I said, last season kind of stubborn, just put his head down, use his athleticism to drive, but I've also seen that improvement in summer league. Now, free throw shooting, of course, is an issue of concern. We talked about it last episode. We talked about it all throughout the summer. We got to see that first preseason game from Jonathan Kaminga to see if he's really improved and worked on the craft. That spin move is repetitive. Everyone knows you're going left. Everyone knows you're going right. But his ability to stop on a dime and nail a much improved mid-range game like Kawhi Leonard is truly great and helps the team off because hey if he's driving and boom with his athleticism stops on a dime hits a floater or hits that mid-range shot the Warriors are even more deadly his three-point ability take less of that that's another uh, factor I'd like to see him improve on in terms of just being focused being committed and being determined like in that quote Stephen A. Smith said and I think Draymond Green has reached out to him. This is just me speculating. I'm, I don't have any uh, sources with the team themselves. But it's just hard to imagine that Draymond Green is not putting this kid in place. We saw him put this kid in place throughout the regular season, throughout the postseason. Whenever there was something wrong, Draymond Green would be that coach when he wasn't able to play with that back injury. Jonathan Kaminga is under the mentorship of Draymond Green. Now, I believe what Stephen A. Smith has to say, but there's also a little bit of pushback there in which I have to say that Draymond Green, I cannot imagine, has not talked to J.K. since this report has came out or since these short-changing comments of him to the Golden State Warriors, since he's not been present in the mind of the Golden State Warriors and the team. Now, this reminds me of a situation currently going on with another Bay Area team with the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo ghosting and you know a few years back after he signed the contract wouldn't show up to practice and for the team now Jonathan Kaminga does not have a big contract but he is still pretty young and I think he just give him some time he'll learn and next year this will just all be a little funny thing that we talked about in the offseason because we're bored and there's nothing else to talk about for the Golden State Warriors team. That is all I got to say on that topic of Jonathan Kaminga, but it's not the only thing I have left to say about Stephen A. Smith. Now, Stephen A. Smith, we have to give him credit for last season in which he said and picked early that the Golden State Warriors will win the NBA championship. They're too good when Klay Thompson comes back into the lineup. They're going to be the front runners and win the NBA championship. Well, on Tuesday as well, he, Stephen A. Smith said that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and everyone else are going to go back to back and secure the NBA championship. And here, here was Stephen A. Smith's quote, and I quote, they ain't beating the Golden State Warriors. Let me be very, very clear about that. The point is they ain't beating the Warriors. Nobody is beating the Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are going to repeat as NBA champions back to back. And that's in referring to all the other teams such as the Brooklyn Nets, 
the Memphis Grizzlies, any other team you can imagine that were contenders for the Golden State Warriors last season, the Boston Celtics, even the Clippers, it all remains to be seen if Kawhi Leonard can return there with Paul George. I think that's a dark horse. I always say that every single year, but Kawhi playing as a dark horse there in the West. Maybe we'll see a Warriors, Clippers, Western Conference Finals next season. And I believe Stephen A. Smith you know, you saw when Stephen A. Smith returned to first take, Joe Lacob, man, got that intro video for him recorded. He was in bed with the NBA Finals trophy, and he said, Stephen A. is up, or Stephen A. is back. I got to get up. Man, that was a great intro video there for first take, and Stephen A. Smith, his buddy Joe Lacob. And hey, maybe there's a little bit of an agenda here, but it's a great agenda because there's actually facts to back it up. You saw what the Warriors did last season. I always got to go back to Klay Thompson not being 100%. Even in Game 6 of the NBA Finals, we didn't see Game 6 Klay like we normally did. And we know that the second year after an injury like Clay's is when a player truly goes back to his normal self. And let us not all forget the signing of Dante DiVincenzo, an underrated signing that we've talked about. His ability on defense there with the Sacramento Kings was unbelievable as well as his time prior. And we saw what he did in college there at Villanova. Dante DiVincenzo with the Milwaukee Bucks was a key factor. I went over that when we first signed him. You can go back to the past podcast as I talk about it. His three-point shooting as well, a 3 and D type of player. He can cover 94 feet. I regress from that and go to James Wiseman now. He's the biggest question, the biggest ticket, the attraction for next season, the unknown. And also Patrick Baldwin Jr., his potential of being a top three, top five overall pick, if not for the injury. So many things for the Warriors to add and retool, but also how will it impact the departure of GP2? Who will fit into that role? There's still questions, of course. For this team, as we do every other team in the NBA coming in, but it is Warriors fans, Dub Nation, you can feel absolutely confident because you have a guy named Steph Curry still on your squad, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. The core three there that has been to four NBA Finals titles, four rings on their fingers, looking for five to fill it all up on one ring. And also, there are more positive reinforcements to this team than there are questions. So I see why Stephen A. Smith has the Warriors repeating as NBA champion. Now we're going to close the episode on this note. Looking at our sponsors from Bet Online, odds to win the NBA championship next season. Our partners may not agree, but Stephen A. Smith does, and that's the Boston Celtics to win the NBA Finals at plus 500, followed by the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 600, the Warriors at plus 700 at three, the top four here, Brooklyn Nets at plus 750, tied with the LA Clippers on that fourth spot, and to round it out, the Phoenix Suns in the top five at plus 1,000 to win the NBA Championship. That's all the time we have this week for this episode of Strength and Numbers. Make sure to hit follow 
on our podcast page on Twitter at dubs underscore strength. You can follow yours truly, Brandon Cadiz, your host at B-C-A-D-I-Z-0, B-Cadiz-0. And you can follow where we have all our Golden State Warriors podcasts on our network, of course, Believe Network, but also the Rick Berry House. Follow on Twitter at Rick Barry House. You'll get this podcast. You'll get the Rick Barry Show podcast. You'll get Size Corner talking about the Warriors and all other Bay Area sports. Thank you for the support and tuning in every single week. We truly appreciate it. Make sure you hit follow on wherever you listen to your podcast to get the newest episode of Strength and Numbers. And until next week, go Dubs. This show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.